The KXAN News Podcast is sponsored by Shelf Genie. In-depth, investigative. This is KXAN News. The search for a man suspected of murdering five people, including a child, and what police call an execution-style killing is growing more urgent. Thank you for joining us tonight at 5. I'm Britt Moreno. And I'm Daniel Marine. This happened over the weekend in Cleveland, Texas, about 45 miles north of Houston. It started when a neighbor asked the suspect to stop shooting his gun outside because the noise was keeping a baby awake. Now, just today, there have been multiple reports of sightings of that suspect in Montgomery County. He is 38-year-old Francisco. Francisco Oropesa, those reports caused some schools in the area to go on lockdown while police searched. All have been false reports so far. NBC's Priscilla Thompson has the latest on the efforts to find him. Is there any danger to the community right now? There's always a danger when you've got a guy that's just shot five people in the head, execution style. Authorities are offering an $80,000 reward for any information leading to the arrest of 38-year-old Francisco Oropesa as more than 250 officers comb the rural Cleveland, Texas community. We're asking everyone for your help till we can bring this suspect or this monster, I will call him, to justice. The manhunt began late Friday after police say a neighbor allegedly asked the suspect to stop firing his AR-15 rifle outside because they were trying to put a baby to sleep. Moments later, a massacre unfolded. This man takes it upon himself to walk out of his residence with a loaded AR-15, walk up into that man's house and start shooting. Five people were killed, including nine-year-old Daniel Guzman and his mother, Sonia. My heart. is with this eight-year-old little boy. I don't, I don't care if he was here legally. I don't care if he was here illegally. He was in my county. His father returned to the scene the next day, devastated and heartbroken. Now telling NBC News his son died because he was trying to protect his mom, saying that the child saw her fall and ran toward her. Three other children were also found at the scene, covered in blood, but alive. There was two females in the bedroom um, that were laying on top of juvenile children. My opinion to keep them children safe. The community gathering to mourn, but still on edge. Do you believe he'll be caught? Espero que sí. That is heartbreaking. That's Priscilla Thompson reporting. ICE has confirmed to NBC News that the suspect has been deported from the United States and brought back on four separate occasions, twice in 2009, once in 2012, and once in 2016. We're turning now to some breaking news tonight at 5. Investigators searching for two missing girls found seven bodies on a property in Henriette, Oklahoma. The Okmulgee County Sheriff there confirms that two of the seven bodies found were those of the missing girls, 14-year-old Ivy Webster and 16-year-old Brittany Brewer. Law enforcement are still there on the scene. We're going to continue to stay on top of this and update you as we learn more. El Paso is now in a state of emergency. It started at midnight. The mayor made the declaration to deal with an expected influx of migrants when Title 42 health restrictions expire in less than two weeks. The city will have public shelters and public housing to temporarily house migrants. The state of emergency will last for seven days and then it will go to the city council for a possible extension. 
A dive team spent most of the morning searching an area of Lady Bird Lake. Police say a car went into the water after a reported shooting. Check out this map to get a better idea of where this all happened. The Festival Beach Boat Ramp. A dive team pulled that vehicle out of the water this afternoon. Overnight, Austin police got a call of gunshots in the area. We saw investigators looking at shell casings on the ramp near the water. Austin police say first responders didn't find anyone in or near the car. We're working to get more information on how exactly the car ended up there in the water. Well, severe weather is hitting parts of the country again as the Mississippi River continues to rise. The river is expected to crest today and flood more homes and businesses along the banks. Meanwhile, a tornado ripped through Virginia Beach overnight. It damaged up to 100 homes and left thousands in the dark. Officials say no one was hurt. All while Southeast Florida is recovering from this EF2 tornado, the National Weather Service says it touched down near Palm Beach Saturday with destructive winds gusting up to 130 miles per hour. Homes were destroyed, cars tossed over, and trees ripped from the ground. So tough to see pictures mm. like that. And this week, are we dealing with any severe weather? We have a next severe weather threat, but it's not until several days from now. So we're kind of taking a breath Take to a fresh breather. air. And we'll prepare for it as it comes. Enjoy it while we got it, though. Uh, here on the radar picture, we've got clear skies, no rain falling from west to east. And really, that's the way I think we stay through the middle of the week, at least. A few high clouds have thickened up this evening on the Oasis Cam over Lake Travis, but these are not producing any rain, and temperatures are still very warm. We hit 91 yesterday on Sunday in Austin. It's 83 right now, 79 up the road in Cameron. Coming up in your forecast, we are tracking our next storm chance that comes on Thursday, kicking off a wetter weather pattern and also how this month of May, which is typically our stormiest, might look this time around. Daniel. All right, David, thank you very much. President Biden focused on small businesses today as he faces economic challenges, including bank stress, tighter lending conditions, and the looming debt ceiling deadline. All this as the 2024 presidential race heats up. NBC's Alice Barr reports from Washington. Amid fresh concerns about the health of the nation's economy, President Biden today addressing the third major bank collapse in less than two months. First Republic Bank has been taken over by federal regulators, set to be sold to J.P. Morgan. While depositors are being protected, shareholders are losing their investments. And critically, taxpayers are not the ones that are on the hook. Adding to the economic anxiety, the looming fight over raising the debt limit to avoid a catastrophic default. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy pressing President Biden to negotiate after House Republicans passed a debt limit deal that includes massive spending cuts. We will not pass a debt ceiling that just raises it without doing something about our debt. The president firing back. We pay our bills. And we should do so without reckless hostage taking from some of the mega Republicans in Congress. With the state of the economy already shaping the 2024 race for the White House, the Republican frontrunner, former President Donald Trump, in Scotland opening a new golf course at his resort. While vowing make America great again is on his mind, also swirling around him a host of legal challenges, including a civil rape and defamation lawsuit underway in New York. A judge today denying the Trump team's bid for a mistrial. Likely GOP rival Florida Governor Ron DeSantis in an escalating legal fight of his own with one of his state's largest employers, Disney. A board of supervisors DeSantis picked now countersuing Disney after the company alleged a campaign of political retaliation. In Washington, Alice Barr, NBC News.
And as NBC just told us, another U.S. bank has gone under. Federal regulators announced today they seized First Republic Bank. It's the third major bank to fail this year and the largest lender to collapse since 2008. However, the FDIC says a deal has been reached for J.P. Morgan Chase, the largest bank in America, to purchase a large portion of First Republic's assets and deposits. First Republic had nearly $230 billion in total assets at the time of closure. Many customers had already opted to move their money to larger and safer banks following the collapse of Silicon Valley Bank and Signature Bank, which then led to First Republic stock falling more than 75% over the past 30 days and ultimately today's action by the FDIC. Well, parents, teachers, and school districts here in Central Texas are asking the state for more funding, what kind of issues they're facing, and just how much more they want. A Texas swimming pool still closed for a second year in a row. Why taking a dip in Jacob's well is off limits. And how the U.S. is reacting to a new unidentified balloon floating over U.S. soil. The U.S. military is now tracking a mysterious balloon that flew over American soil, but right now it's unclear who it belongs to or where it originated. The object flew across portions of Hawaii, but did not go over any sensitive areas. This is video of the balloons from earlier this year taken down in Michigan, Alaska, and off the Carolina coast. The U.S. military has been tracking this current balloon since late last week and says there is no threat to air traffic or national security, and it is not communicating signals. It's not clear yet if it's a weather balloon or maybe something else, but it could still be shot down if it gets closer to land. Well, coming up on NBC Nightly News, the high drama deadline in Hollywood that could affect your favorite shows. The suspense is centered on a looming writer's strike that could just be hours away. On one side, you have the Hollywood studios urging movie and TV producers and other, and on the other side, you have around 20,000 members of the Writers Guild of America. Now, if there is no agreement by tonight, many productions will have to call cut. The TV and film industry is hoping to avoid a rerun of the last strike in 2007 that lasted for 100 days. Dripping Springs ISD leaders may need your child to transfer to another school. The school's impacted and why growth is to blame. Well, a very typical first day of the new month here in Central Texas. Lows this morning in the 50s. High temperatures right at normal at 83. But when does the typical May stormy weather begin? We'll have your first warning forecast after this. School districts across Central Texas are banding together. This KXAN News Podcast is brought to you by Shelf Genie. I'm Rosie Newberry from KXAN Studio 512. Considering replacing your kitchen cabinets? Struggling to find or reach things? Go to shelfgenie.com slash Austin. Shelf Genie designs custom pull-out shelves for your existing cabinets, adding convenience and value to the most used room in your home. Shelf Genie custom pull-out shelves, everything in reach. School districts across Central Texas are banding together and asking the state for more money. Now, this comes as teachers continue to leave the classroom and some school districts are having to make some major cuts. So what needs to happen? Nabil Ramadna spoke with district leaders from across the area and shares their hopes. Most district leaders, school districts throughout the state are struggling, will tell you the same thing. The funding's not there. On Monday, superintendents, teachers, and parents from all over Central Texas met to voice their concerns and ask the state for more money. We have a large task in public schools to fund initiatives for student success. Each school in the state currently receives $6,160 per student based on the average daily attendance formula, which puts the state in the bottom 10 for 
per student funding. The state last increased the basic allotment in 2019. Back in 2019, when we were at 5140, that basic allotment increased to 6160 certainly did help districts. But district leaders say when you factor in inflation, they need more money. There are currently a number of bills that could increase funding for schools, including some that would boost the allotment. But district leaders worry it's just not enough. A 90 to $150 would be a minimal increase to the basic allotment. Uh, what we really need is a, at least a $900 increase just to keep up with the inflationary pressures that we have faced the school districts. If the funding does not increase by at least 900 some districts say cuts will have to be made to staff and even programs. For Austin ISD, we cut 600 positions last year uh, just to balance our budget. It means that Del Valley and other school districts have to be creative when they're trying to prepare for teacher raises. And when teacher salaries don't increase, it can be hard to keep and attract new teachers. We don't want to leave. We don't want to burn out. We want to keep teaching for life. Nabil Ramadna, KXAN News. Austin ISD is proposing to take on a $50 million budget deficit to increase teacher salaries. The district says increasing the basic allotment would help with increasing teacher salaries. And we told you the Texas House passed legislation last week impacting teacher pay and school funding. Now the bill would raise and restructure the law that determines the minimum salary a district can offer a teacher. Right now, a teacher with five years of experience and no certification can earn no less than $39,000 a year at a public school in Texas. Now, under this bill, that same teacher would have to earn at least $45,000, about $6,000 more a year. And a teacher with five years of experience and a teaching certificate would have to be paid at least $50,000. The bill passed the House 141 to 3 and now heads to the Senate. Starting today, parents at three Dripping Springs ISD schools can apply to transfer their kids to other Dripping Springs ISD campuses for the 2023-2024 school year. Dripping Springs Elementary, Walnut Springs Elementary, and Sycamore Springs Middle Schools are all apparently over capacity. The district says those campuses have experienced growth up to over 14% over the last academic year. Space is available at Cypress Springs Elementary, Rooster Springs Elementary, Sycamore Springs Elementary, and Dripping Springs Middle Schools. Transfers are based upon campus and grade level of availability. Applications will be accepted through May 26th. First warning weather with Chief Meteorologist David Yeomans. Well, 518 now on your Monday. Beautiful start to this month, but remember May, typically our wettest month of the year with the most severe thunderstorms and the most dangerous flash flooding. We just got new updates from our partners at the NOAA Climate Prediction Center on how this May in particular may look. And as we quickly transition into an El Nino pattern over the next couple of months, they have changed their outlooks. No longer warmer than normal temperatures, but instead typical May temperatures and no longer average percentage precipitation, but instead wetter than normal weather right here. Yes, that's great news for our multi-year drought, which continues today. But of course, it could be bad news in terms of dangerous flash flooding. I'll tell you, none of that, though, is coming in the next few days, so no big concerns yet. The Austonian weather cam looking a little cloudy, but these are just some mid and high level clouds that are passing through at times. Temperatures pretty seasonably warm at 83. The pollen count a little crowded today, but you shouldn't be sneezing or sniffling too much, at least not from allergies. A few things are trending upward, but everything on page one and page two in the low concentration. You see some action out there in the mountains of northern Mexico into New Mexico. All we're getting right now, some mid and high clouds. And this weather pattern, which we have overhead today, really stagnant 
for the next several days. We have a big storm system, a big trough digging into the western U.S., but instead of moving quickly toward Texas or toward the central plains, it's not moving at all for the next three days. We have what's called a blocking ridge, a big ridge of high pressure over us and the middle of the country. This, of course, leads to nice and warm weather under it, but it's also preventing that storm from going anywhere, that is, until later in the week when eventually we'll get some energy from it and a risk of severe weather. In the meantime, though, temperatures pretty typical, pretty pleasant over the next few days. Highs in Austin in the lower and middle 80s, even up to 90 by Friday afternoon. But before we get there, daily shower and thunderstorm chances begin, and this begins late Thursday. This is your day four outlook, so it doesn't have all of the color details quite yet, but our partners at the Storm Prediction Center are already placing the hill country in a risk of severe weather, and this may be adjusted or certainly expanded over the coming days. Here's your first look at how this may play out, and again, hour by hour is tough four days out, so please check back for updates right here and on KXAN.com this week. As it looks right now, it's another late evening thing. Cloudy skies in the morning, couple passing showers during the day, but starting at 7 or 8 p.m., a complex of what could be strong to severe storms treks into the hill country, blasts into the Austin area after dark. These likely weaken after dark, but it's a little too soon for those details. Certainly possible that we get some bad storms locally on Thursday night into very early Friday morning. And again, that's not the only chance of rain that we have over the next seven days, starting on Thursday, daily rounds of showers and thunderstorms for some of us. And by next Monday, seven days from now, you could have an inch or two inches, if you're lucky, in the backyard rain gauge. And this looks like the beginning of an extended wetter than normal weather pattern. We'll take it. Tonight, 62 degrees, increasing clouds, and not as cool as the wind starts to blow from the southeast. Tomorrow, another day of morning clouds, afternoon sun. You may wake up with a little fog, but that won't last, we think, past 9 or 10 a.m. After that, a daily routine of morning clouds, afternoon sun, until the increased 50% chance of some evening storms on Thursday. Notice rain chances stay with us, fluctuating up and down a bit through the weekend and beyond. No cold fronts, no cooler weather in sight. Matter of fact, we're 90 or hotter Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And I mentioned an extended wetter weather pattern. Our two-week outlook actually has a big target of rain over the state. We'll be right back. A local bar helped teach Austin how to care for some of our most beloved creatures. The Buzz Mill, in partnership with Merlin Tuttle's Bat Conservation, just held a class on how to build bat houses. The conservation says these houses are important because bat populations are declining, in large part due to a lack of available roosts. But that's not the only reason to build one. When you have a bat house and, you have, and it's occupied, it's a really fun activity to have friends over, and watch the bats come out, and it's an easy way to teach people about how important bats are just to have them around. Well, Austin is home to the largest urban bat colony in the world. Texas Parks and Wildlife estimates that there's about one and a half million bats living under the Congress Avenue Bridge. Well, it looks like a Central Texas swimming spot isn't opening back up anytime soon. The Hayes County Parks Department put out a statement on Facebook saying that swimming at Jacobs Well is postponed for the foreseeable future. It's been closed since last July due to unsafe water levels, so until the flow that feeds to the area is back to normal, swimming just isn't allowed. The natural area, though, and the hike trails around the well are still open to the public. All right, tonight on KXAN, we have The Voice at 7 o'clock. That's my jam at 9 before KXAN News at 10. You can join us an hour earlier for KXAN News at 9 on the CW Austin, and here's where to find us.
Thanks for listening to KXAN News Nightly. You can also listen to KXAN News Today every morning for more in-depth coverage of what matters most to you.